U.S. lawmakers are visiting Taiwan for the first time since the presidential election. Ami Berra and Mario Diaz-Balart, co-chairs of the Congressional Taiwan Caucus, landed in Taipei on Wednesday. According to an official statement, their trip aims to show support for Taiwan after its successful democratic election and to explore ways to deepen bilateral ties. Vice President Lai Qingde received members of the U.S.-Taiwan Business Council early Wednesday morning. That same day, U.S. lawmakers arrived in Taiwan for the first time since Lai was elected president. An official statement reveals that lawmakers Ami Berra and Mario Diaz-Balart, co-chairs of the Congressional Taiwan Caucus, arrived in Taipei. The purpose of the trip is to, quote, reaffirm U.S. support for Taiwan following their successful democratic elections, express solidarity in their shared commitment to democratic values, and explore opportunities to further strengthen the robust economic and defense relationship between the United States and Taiwan. The bipartisan congressional delegation is visiting so soon after the general election, and each member holds an important position. So for Taiwan, this is a visit of great significance. They want to use Taiwan's democracy to influence China. But in other news, Philippines President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. has reaffirmed his commitment to the One China policy. Days earlier, he had congratulated Lai for becoming Taiwan's next president, provoking outrage from Beijing. In a TV interview on Tuesday, he described the congratulatory message as, quote, common courtesy. We have adhered to the One China policy strictly uh, and conscientiously since we adopted the One China policy. And that has not changed. That will not change. We are not uh, 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 endorsing uh, Taiwanese independence. Taiwan is a province of China. But the manner in which they will be uh, brought together again uh, is an internal matter. Responding to China's outrage, Marcos emphasized that he supports the One China policy and does not endorse Taiwan independence. His defense secretary has criticized Beijing for putting pressure on Marcos with what he called low and gutter-level talk. Renowned calligrapher Zhang Binghuang was honored on Wednesday for deepening the Taiwan-Japan friendship with his art. He received Japan's foreign minister's commendation at a ceremony held by the Japan-Taiwan Exchange Association. The foreign minister's commendations are awarded to individuals and groups that have contributed significantly to Japan's friendships with other countries. Zhang was recognized for his work in calligraphy education. Twelve teenage diplomats are ready to represent Taiwan overseas in a program run by the Foreign and Education Ministries. The Teen Diplomatic Envoys program is now in its 20th edition. The diplomats were selected through a three-part competition involving an English-language drama performance, improvised speech delivery, and a general knowledge assessment. This year, the 12 winners will be going to Australia and New Zealand for 11 days. Joining officials for a photo, 12 teenagers strike a pose. They are the teen diplomatic envoys set to represent Taiwan overseas. Previously, other students from my school had participated in the program. They told us that going abroad was very fun and that they learned a lot about diplomacy. I'm looking forward to it because it is a really rare experience. 
外交不只是讲英文。Diplomacy is not just about speaking English and doing diplomatic work. You have to know a bit about many issues to be able to speak up for Taiwan. A former participant shares her experiences with a new cohort. The Teen Diplomatic Envoy Program, co-organized by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the Ministry of Education, is now in its 20th edition. 76 teams applied for a spot on the program. The students had to complete a three-stage competition: acting out a play in English, delivering an impromptu speech in English, and answering general knowledge questions. English proficiency was the basic requirement, with candidates also being assessed. On their acting skills, quick thinking, and knowledge on diverse subjects. In the end, students from Taipei's Fuxing Private School, Tainan's Changrong Senior High School, and Taipei's Weigud Private Senior High School made the cut. They'll set off on January 28th for an 11-day tour of Australia and New Zealand. 希望这次的交流活动能牵起你们。I hope this exchange will make you all lifelong friends with Australia. 英语的这个提升方面。This program will play an important role in improving English fluency. It'll become a benchmark competition. 预祝我们的同学 I hope you all will have an outstanding performance during your trip abroad. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs says it hopes the exchange will help young diplomats deepen their knowledge of international relations. The Taiwan Stock Exchange edged up slightly on Wednesday. Shares finished higher by 0.01 percent. Ending at 17,875 points, turnover totaled 265.1 billion NT. Major institutional investors sold a net 727 million NT. Let's hear from an analyst. 后续至少要能要能够维持在。The market needs to maintain turnover of at least 310 billion NT and gradually build on it. That's the only way to keep the Taiex on an uptrend. That's the only way we can see it challenge the 18,000 point mark and stabilize above it. We may need to wait until after the Lunar New Year. In related news, a fitness chain went public on Wednesday at 132 NT per share, but its debut proved disappointing, with shares closing at 119 NT, down 9.47 percent. Even so, the chain's CEO said he remained confident, as there was tremendous room for growth in Taiwan's fitness market. Originally from Yangzhou, China, Lisha immigrated to Taiwan and settled in Xinzhou some years ago. She's now a handicraft teacher with an environmental bent. Seeds are her interest, which she displays in her home. She also has a green thumb with which she grows plants and the community she lives in, bringing people together to each other. This entire wall of seeds from hundreds of species of plants were gathered by Li Xia in the alleys of her neighborhood. Her home is a veritable seed bank. Colorful seeds are rare, like the seeds of mountain soursop. They're golden. You don't see it much. My interest motivates me. I think they're beautiful. You can use them creatively with kids. There are all kinds of seeds around us. There are also some unique plants. Quite a few of them. I just hope that people can get to know the environment they live in by taking a stroll in the neighborhood, picking up leaves and seeds along the way. 
Lee, who has three children, used to be a stay-at-home mum. After her kids grew up, she devoted herself to her favourite crafts and became a handicraft teacher. She's an environmental advocate and instills life into plant seeds and other mundane items in life through her skilful hands, resulting in works of exquisite vitality. A true conservationist with a high degree of environmental awareness, she used to take her children to activities organised by the Society of Wilderness. Now having integrated into the community she lives, she is building her community. She takes her neighbours through a series of classes, which not only allow them to pass the time, but also bring them closer to each other. What's really unbelievable is that she loves this land more than us. We, who live on this land, are getting to know this land because of her. On behalf of her community, Lee applied for the Green Rooftop Project, in which plant boxes were set up so the residents could reap the harvest. A community is like a small cooperative village. For example, the community building work I did earlier was so that everyone could understand and trust each other. If some people need help in the future, they might immediately think of me and ask for help. Through her action, Lee not only protects Taiwan's environment, but helps build her local community, giving a breath of human warmth in high-tech Shinju. Turning now to the Eva Eric pilot strike, which is planned for this spring festival. Pilots and management have entered talks to avert strike action. After the first round on Wednesday, pilots said they received a small goodwill gesture, but that it was far from enough. For now, the pilots intend to proceed with the strike as planned. Today, the company made a very, very small step in a positive direction, but it has no proposal for us. There is no way to negotiate with that, just no way to negotiate. The Department of Labor asks that the company produce a specific proposal. After it produces a concrete plan, we'll convene another round of talks next Wednesday. This strike is basically about forcing the company to take losses. If they had told travelers or travel agencies one to three months ago, then no one would have chosen to fly EVA Air during this period. Travel agencies say they fear heavy losses from the strike, which could cancel international group tours. According to the Consumers Foundation, travel agencies would be responsible for all losses incurred from canceled group tours. In response, Eva Ayers said it hoped to reach a deal with the pilots to create a win-win-win situation for the company, employees and travelers. Taiwan tennis ace Xie Shu Wei has advanced to mixed doubles finals at the Australian Open. Partnering with Jan Zielinski of Poland, she notched a straight sets win against the Australian team of Jamie Forlis and Andrew Harris. Earlier in the day, she teamed up with Belgian partner Elise Mertens to reach the women's doubles semifinals. Well, we welcome you into another great day here at Australian Open 2024. Taiwan's Xie Su Wei and Belgian Elise Merton step onto the court. 
Though Xie has played for seven days straight, she shows no signs of fatigue. In the women's doubles quarterfinals, she and Mertens played against the ninth-seeded Demi Schuurs from the Netherlands and Luisa Stefani from Brazil. Right at the start, Mertens broke serve with a masterful backhand lob. That is a gorgeous lob, and you can see the fist pump from Mertens as they get the early break, the number two seed. She and Mertens worked in sync to win the first set 6-4. Well, that could be the story of the set. They continued with a strong offensive in the second set, holding serve and breaking serve to build a lead of 5-1. Shia applied pressure in the eighth game with precise, powerful serves. In the end, a forehand shot by Shia claimed the match. Shia and Mertens won 6-4, 6-2. This is the third time Shia made it past the quarterfinals at the Australian Open. The victory has also boosted Shia's world ranking from number 6 to number 3. The number 3 seeds from Chinese Taipei, Shea Su Wei. After a short break of just three hours, Shea was back on the court, this time in the mixed doubles quarterfinals with Polish partner Jan Zielinski. The first set went to a tiebreak. Ultimately, Shea and Zielinski turned the game in their favor to win the set 7-6. And finally, well, that was an entertaining set, 53 minutes. Riding high in the momentum, Shea and Zielinski widened their lead in the second set, winning the match 7-6-6-2. This marks the first time Shea has advanced to a Grand Slam mixed doubles final. Today we take you to meet Matt Garbett, a violinist and bass guitarist from the UK. He played bass guitar and double bass professionally for 15 years, performing with several musical theater productions in the UK and internationally. However, due to a neurological condition, Garbett stopped playing the bass and decided to come to Taiwan in 2016 to teach and perform jazz violin. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang caught up with Garbett to find out more about his career. He plays The Moon Represents My Heart on the violin with a jazz twist. Matt Garbett is a jazz violinist and bass guitarist from the UK. Garbett moved to Taiwan in 2016 and he busts around Taipei performing jazz hits and Taiwanese songs. I mean, I play all sorts of styles like straight jazz, uh, gypsy jazz as well, more like European jazz. Uh, when I go busking, when I perform in the streets, I, I play all sorts of styles. So I've learned lots of Taiwanese songs because, you know, Taiwanese people like to see a Waigoran playing Taiwanese music. Um, folk, pop, the Beatles, the Carpenters, old stuff, new stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to learn some more new stuff to appeal to younger people, but some of it doesn't sound so good on the violin. But yeah, that's the challenge. Garbett was classically trained on the violin and piano from the age of seven. Later, when he was 16, he began playing bass guitar. After graduating from King's College London, he started playing bass guitar and double bass professionally, performing in a variety of musical theatre productions in the UK and internationally for 15 years. I've been involved with several different theatre productions. I mean, the longest was Mamma Mia, that was for four and a half years, but also um, I spent 18 months on production of Wicked touring the UK. 
the show about the Wizard of Oz, the, the Wicked Witch, um, and The Lion King, I spent a short time on that. Um, Jesus Christ Superstar, which is one of Andrew Lloyd Webber's musicals. Musically, Mamma Mia was the most memorable because it was the most fun to play. Uh, ABBA have written some amazing tunes. Uh, it's great fun to play these bass lines. And Wicked was also a lot of fun because, um, because it's challenging, it's difficult to play, so it's very satisfying. However, in 2015, he developed a neurological condition that caused him to lose control of his hands. Therefore, he had to stop playing the bass and touring professionally. But he didn't quit making music. Instead, he began to foster his interest in jazz violin. So it's a neurological condition where my hand, I've kind of lost control of my hand, basically, through kind of a few issues, not really practicing properly or warming up. So I'm kind of, I've learnt the hard way kind of thing. It's called dystonia, it's a long story, but it's a long road to sort of retrain to be a bass player again, but I'm currently having therapy and various guidance to be a bass player again. Um, so one day I hope to resume my professional career as a bass player, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't affect playing the violin. I just hold the bow and it's, yeah, absolutely fine, yeah. Garbit moved to Taiwan in 2016 with his Taiwanese wife. Besides performing across the streets of Taipei, as well as at jazz bars and other venues, he also teaches jazz violin. I focus on jazz, jazz violin. Um, I teach a bit of English, but I teach, um, when I teach violin, it's mainly jazz and just how to use your ears, how to listen. It's not really classical violin. That's more like reading music and very precise technique. I teach people to kind of feel the music and use their ears and just when you play jazz you have to sort of feel it here and here. There are many many classical violin players here. Um, I The kind of style I go for is more like jazz or folk um, so I kind of bring my own thing to it. Um, in terms of the jazz scene it's kind of small in Taiwan, but it's definitely growing and there are some great jazz musicians living here. It's great. It's very different from the UK. Sometimes it's a little challenging in, in certain ways, but I love how convenient everything is and I feel very safe here. And the people are obviously very friendly. Having lived in Taiwan for seven years now, Garbit sees Taiwan as his second home. He hopes to play bass professionally again, as well as teach more people jazz violin and spread joy through his performances. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Yang Kai in Taipei. With a strong cold wave underway, at least 300 people have died from cardiac arrest over the past four days. Doctors say that when temperatures suddenly drop, older adults and people with high blood pressure are especially at risk of cardiovascular issues. The cold weather will continue tonight with lows of 6 degrees in some parts of the island, but temperatures will start to climb starting Thursday. It's no longer snowing at Elan's Taiping Shan National Forest Recreation Area, but frost remains on the trees, drawing many tourists up the mountain.
At Yushan's weather station, workers braved the cold to clear snow from solar panels. The frigid conditions also extended to the plains. The lowest temperature on Wednesday morning was recorded in Nangan in the Mazu Islands at just 2.9 degrees. Forecasters say the cold wave isn't over yet. The areas in light blue could see lows of 10 degrees or less. As you can see, temperatures could drop to 10 degrees and under in Kaohsiung, areas north of Kaohsiung, as well as some areas of Yilan and Hualien. In central northern Taiwan, as well as some areas of Yilan and Hualien, lows could dip below 8 degrees. If radiative cooling gets strong, open areas near mountains and inland could see temperatures of less than 6 degrees. The Central Weather Administration says the cold won't relent until Thursday. After the cold wave starts to weaken tomorrow, daytime temperatures will bounce back. Northeasterly winds will still prevail around Taiwan, and winds may come from the east. So in windward areas in northern Taiwan, temperatures will rebound, but they will do so more slowly. In the north, it won't be as cold as it has been these past two days, but it will still be rather cool. According to the National Fire Agency, there were 313 cases of non-traumatic out-of-hospital cardiac arrest over the past four days in Taiwan. We have seen a growing number of younger patients. We're starting to see people in their 40s and 50s. So I'd like to remind everyone that sudden death is not something that just happens to older adults. It can also happen at a younger age, especially if you have a history of high blood pressure, high blood sugar, and high blood lipids, or if you have cardiovascular or cerebrovascular disease. If you have an unhealthy lifestyle, if you experience a lot of stress, or if you work at night and sleep during the day, you should also be especially careful. The doctor says younger adults are also at risk of sudden death. Difficulty breathing, chest tightness, chest pain, shortness of breath. If you feel lethargic, palpitations, dizziness or cold sweats, all those could be warning signs for cardiac arrest. The doctor says that sudden chest pain and tightness, difficulty breathing or difficulty in moving limbs could be signs of an impending cardiac arrest. If these symptoms arise, seek medical help as soon as possible to prevent tragedy.